What's going on, everybody? It's Coach Mark here with Coach Chris. Hey. And you are listening to the Triumph Nutrition Podcast. And uh, again, our mission here is just to simplify your day-to-day nutrition, answer some questions, and uh, ultimately just provide some value um, in your daily pursuit of health. So, Chris, how are we doing, sir? Good, man. Good. We got a great lifting session in early this morning. And- uh, been a pretty productive day. Smashing weights. Smashing weights. I like it. Just, just trying to get jacked. I like it. How are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Um, yeah, man. It's the week's honestly flying by. Oh, yeah. The um, little one is teething at home, mm-hmm. so it's made for some eventful nights. Yeah. But uh, it's all good. Got an in-body scan the other day. I'm pretty happy with some progress I've been making with um, training changes. So I switched couple months back to more just strength-based training at least three days a week. I did it for five days a week for a while. Um, in the midst of that, had my deviated septum surgery. Lost a little bit of weight strength because it took about two weeks off. Had a quarantine for a week, so three weeks in there. Um, but, yeah, man, feeling good with the progress. It's always good whenever you've been putting in the work and you actually test and you're like, oh, it's actually working. Yeah, absolutely. So I just – for me, it builds more confidence in my nutritional approach with how I've been eating, you know, upwards of 4,000 calories a day and trying to uh, really jam in the protein and the carbohydrates and um, ultimately just train really hard too. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool, I'm, man. I'm really yeah. excited for today because today's a high carb day for me. Oh, so. what are you what are you going with? Uh, so I'm gonna probably when I get home for lunch, we'll probably do about two cups of rice. Some chicken breast, keep the fat down. White rice or brown rice, Chris? We can go white. We can go white rice. Um, mostly because there's really not that big of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I ask. Oh, oh. white people, rice. People are losing their minds right now. But it's white and it's not brown. I don't know. The important part he said was two cups. He actually <laughs> knew how much he's consuming. Yes. Um, he didn't say a box of rice. Yeah, yeah. I had, I uh, have this microwave steam packet mm-hmm. that I use. <laughs> uh, I've done that before. The sodium gets you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of rice and a lot of oatmeal today. Okay, um, probably Dig some it. tortilla wraps. Uh, there you go. So you're so, still keeping the fat down. Oh yeah, keeping the fat low. I'll end up probably around the 480 mark for grams of carbs, mm. and I'll end up around the 82 gram mark for fat. So it's a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You'll feel the gains for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, protein's always high. Probably one and a half right now. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. What are you weighing? Uh, when I before I go to bed, one ninety three. There you go. When I wake up, probably one ninety. <clears throat> unfortunately, um, I don't know what happens at night if I'm running marathons in my sleep or something. But that's fairly normal. Yeah. I mean, I definitely drop a couple pounds usually overnight. A little dehydration. Um, yeah. Well, very cool. We'll hop into this. Uh, Thank you guys so much for submitting questions. We're actually going to start with those questions today. I'm trying to search right now through the Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah, I can definitely pull that up. Uh, Uh, I got them here. So what do we have? Lots of questions. Internet work. Yeah, if you want to read them off. Yeah. Uh, First one is... Talking about complete and incomplete proteins. Oh, yeah. Um, BCAs. BCAs. Uh, it's a really good question. 
It's... Yeah. Do you want to you want to take a stab at it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so when you talk about complete and incomplete protein, um, you're basically talking about the chains, right? So, uh, on just a really simple definition, a complete protein source would be your animal sources of protein. Um, and you get some plant foods that contain all essential, um, basically your amino acids are all linked together. Um, very few plant sources will have that, um, but you're going to find a plethora of that in your animal sources. Chicken and beef Chicken and, and beef, fish pork. and eggs. Yeah. And um, I looked up there. Um, you can even <clears throat> throw in some milk and cheese. Yep. Um, sometimes those will have BCAs complete chain. So I think, you know, if, if you're a vegan, it's going to be significantly harder. Um, it's doable, but it's going to be much, much harder. Uh, your incomplete proteins are basically everything else. Um, they don't contain all nine essential amino acids. Um, or they don't have enough quanti enough quantities of them um, to meet what the body really needs. Um, so you have to be um, supplemented with other proteins. Yeah. Uh, and we always recommend, you know, if you are training hard, you're going to probably need some whey protein powder, some casein, something in there. Um, so Why is protein so important? Now, protein, I mean, protein is the doer. I always consider it like it's, it's the doer of the body, right? Mm -hmm. So... It's the muscle builder. It's for recovery. It keeps you satiated. Um, to me, the, the protein is just, it's, it's the foundation. Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to build muscle. It's going to build muscle. You know? And if you're building muscle, you're going to increase your metabolism. Mm -hmm. you know? And it might not, you know, for, for a lot of people out there, you, know, you're, you may start working out initially just to feel better. But all of us have that piece inside where... We work out so that we look good. Uh -huh. that, that's that kind of inner monkey drive, that lizard uh -huh. brain or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's no one who's like, oh, man, I look so good. I wish I didn't look this good. <laughs> it's just it's not a thing. Protein gets you there. You know, yeah. you, can, you can be an anti-fat person or an anti-carb person. Uh -huh. You can't be an anti-protein person. I would say if macronutrients are dials as far as you can twist and turn them like a temperature gauge or something – Protein's a little more fixed, you know, fat and carbs, you can kind of spin that dial up and down and, and maybe experience some differences depending on your specific, um, you know, reaction in your body to those macronutrients. Protein generally, unless you have some type of gut uh, deficiency or, or, or you're just not processing it extremely well, um, generally, you know, Chris threw out the number 1.5, so if he weighs, you know, let's just say 200 pounds, then he's going to be getting 300 pounds or 300 pounds, 300 grams <laughs> of, uh, of protein. So generally speaking, you know, a low number there is 0 0.6, 0 0.7 minimal. Um, you want to be getting protein and that's, you know, again, we're definitely not nutritionists, um, from a clinical standpoint, don't, you know, yeah, take yeah. what we're saying and run, run out and, um, get all the things. But in the same breath, we listen to a lot of really smart people, <laughs> and read um, a lot of really smart people's uh, books and whatnot. And protein is always going to be something that needs to be a staple in your day-to-day -day nutrition. So if you're not getting, um, as put uh, accurately, complete protein, that's when you would look at getting something like a branched-chain amino acid supplement so that um, this can harmonize good across all systems. Yeah, I mean, I actually just read a study, I think it was last week where I read it, they tested um, a group of so many individuals 
and uh, the one group stayed at a um, caloric level where their protein was like normal. So mm-hmm. let's say they were eating, everyone was eating 1,500 calories. Well, they took the other group and gave them 1,800 calories, but it was all protein. Hmm. The extra 300 calories only came from protein sources. They gained zero weight, still maintained a higher amount of fat loss, hmm. and put on muscle. So the whole like, oh, you can't put on muscle and lose fat at the same time. Well, you kind of can, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a buffer. Like sure. if you, when you first start, you can definitely do that. But what, they, what came from the study is they're basically saying, if you're going to overeat something, mm-hmm. it's protein. Yeah. You know, that that is the way to go. Now, if you have kidney issues, we've got a couple members here who um, have had kidney issues in the past, and every now and then it flares up. They have to watch their protein. Mm-hmm. You know, if they do too many protein shakes, things like that, it makes it harder on their kidneys to function. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you know, play with your numbers. You have to find out kind of where you're at. Um, the big thing we've seen with BCAs is the whole reason BCAs got really popular is they found um, a couple. They found a couple amino acids that showed muscle building properties. Mm-hmm. That being said, most BCA drinks don't have the dose that you would need, and they don't show that big of an increase. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you're doing um, a fast, mm-hmm. it's going to help. It's absolutely going to help to have that. Um, if you're someone who doesn't eat a lot of animal proteins, probably a good idea. Yeah. You know, um, we've got a lot of people who just like the taste of it, you know, and need something to drink during a workout. More power to you. You know, yeah. it's it's definitely not going to hurt you to do yeah. BCAs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're eating a well-rounded, full diet of whole foods, you're most likely not going to need. I know some people that just don't like the flavor of water, yeah. you know, it's like you mix it into your gallon jug or yeah. what have you for the day. And, and there you go. You got a little flavored water. That's got some BCAAs. And like you said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, especially again, their main, main thing that they're going to promote is recovery. Yeah. You know, so if, if you're constantly in a state of like, it's also one post actually on the Facebook, like my body is wrecked. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you got that some BCAAs around, it's always a good idea to, so maybe uh, you know take those if you're if you're feeling really under recovered or you know you're not getting a ton of sleep. So I think that's kind of a good um, place to move on there. Yeah. Hopefully that answered that question. Um, first and foremost, complete proteins will be your. There's no substitute or supplement for real food, so try to get as complete a protein sources as possible. Um, and then kind of moving into the second one, substitutes to limit fat intake. Um, what do you think on that, Chris? Hmm. Um, I think it really de- it, it depends. It depends yeah. on you know how low you need to go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think oils get way overused. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know people use like how many out there you know measure how much oil you put in a pan. Yeah, very you know? rare. And how many times do you count that into your daily mm-hmm. intake? Um, mm-hmm. I know I'm horrible about that. Um, That's know, probably something restaurants. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at Chipotle, you know, it's been brought up on this podcast several times. You know, if you go there and you get a chicken bowl, um, they're, look, they're cooking that chicken with, with oil, yeah. all right, which has calories and fat in it. And I highly doubt they're including that in yeah. the portion of chicken on their MyFitnessPal kind of uh, approach to logging your food and stuff like that. So it's really just awareness, you know, and that's what we try to teach with nutrition here is, 
what are you putting in your body? And you can think that you know, like, oh, you know, I'm just having some eggs for breakfast. Well, you put, you know, two tablespoons of olive oil with those eggs. And now that's, um, you know, if that's 300 calories that you're not accounting for. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's, you're 100% right. That's, you know, that's, I think, some something that can stop you in your tracks. Um, you know, that's I generally, if I'm cooking meat on a, in a skillet or a pan or whatever, I try to use my fattier meats, uh-huh. you know. Um, and will actually save the fat from it and use that to grease, you know, the pan for the next time, uh-huh. um, depending on what it is. But when you're, you know, even the sprays, like the olive oil sprays and stuff, yeah. I don't think, you know, it's like, hold the can this much for this long. Is yeah, this, you know, you, you just overuse it. Um, so I think, you know, for this person, you know, if you need to lower your fat intake, you know, get leaner meats uh-huh. is probably the easiest way to do it. Um, watch your dairy. Dairy is kind of sneaky with fat. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my wife eats a lot of cottage cheese. You get the lower fat cottage cheese. Uh-huh. The flavor is minimally. Same different. thing with yogurt, low Same fat. Same thing with non-fat. yogurt. Yeah. Um, That's you know, the milks, non fat, low fat. You yeah. know, you just got a margarine versus butter, yeah. um, popcorn versus chips, baked chicken versus fried, you know, yeah. it's just really having that conscious like awareness. Uh, again, not to overuse that word. But when you're looking at it, it is a sneaky one. Yeah, um, for sure. And at the same time, I will say, as a guy that's trying to, to build muscle right now, I look for fat for calories. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm adding olive oil to yeah. my sweet potatoes, to my veggies, to gain weight. So if that's something that you're consistently using, like ranch or you know condiments that so have a lot of fat cool. in them, um, pizza, you know, that's a huge one. And people will look at that like, oh, that's just carbs. It's like, no, that's a lot of fat. Um, anytime you you put something on a plate and there's grease, you know, or, or some type of liquid that's on the plate when you pick it up, that's probably a lot of saturated fat um, on, on that. Um, well, and not to mention, you know, for a, uh, I think La Rosa's is the biggest offender of how much sugar they put in their mm-hmm. pizza sauce. You know, when you when you say that, oh, the grease in the pizza, I think of the high school pizza where you have to put a mm-hmm. paper towel on top oh, yeah. of the door. <laughs> um, you know, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But not capable of eating that now. Um, I think I think you have to really pay attention. Uh, the labels are fine, but you know, use your best judgment. You're gonna uh-huh. you're gonna know. You're gonna uh-huh. look at something and go, that is more fat than I know. Uh-huh. Um, you know, avocados, great source of fat. Uh-huh. You shouldn't be eating an avocado with every meal. Right. <laughs> right? Right. You should, right. You know. Um, so it's really it's really taking the time to measure things out and be. Uh, what do you want to? What do you mean? Just conscious. Conscious of it. Yeah. You know? um, everything is done with a purpose. Um, uh-huh. And if you're not assessing things, you're guessing. Uh-huh. And if you're guessing, you know, you may be shooting your progress before it even starts. Yeah. I think the good thing, too, this stuff can be tedious and even sound like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. But once you do kind of get hip to, you know, paying attention to, you know, using maybe a, a spray versus dousing it with oil or something like that. Um, you kind of find these hacks uh, around it for you personally and your kind of palate and what you like to eat. Um, and then it doesn't become as monotonous or like tedious from, a, you know, oh, my God, I have to watch every every time that I go to make food. I have to add five more minutes in to reading labels or, you know, my grocery trip, you know, goes from 30 minutes to an hour because yeah. I have to be conscious and read the 10 different types of, you know, yeah. this item or that yeah. item. But 
I wish I could uh, simplify it, but it really is just that conscious awareness. And if you're maybe talking about hunger cravings, that's kind of a different um, yeah. you know, uh, can of worms. And a lot of that says, you know, things like just drink water or, yeah. you know, try to delay that gratification or, again, reach for things that are healthy, healthier, but maybe satisfy a sweet craving like fruit, um, different things like that. Um, I think, I think that one, I think we yeah. answered that one. Yeah. Um, the next one, I'll give this to you. Sure. Um, the importance of mobility in fitness and your daily life. How would you personally approach that in our, how should we approach that as a kind of community? Yeah. So when I found CrossFit, I had absolutely the worst mobility, um, ever. I felt like <laughs> uh, my body was, was pretty broken. I didn't realize it. I dabbled, um, you know, I was a pitcher my whole life in baseball, um, football, basketball, all these sports, a lot of overuse of the shoulders um, and, and just the, the joints kind of in the arms, my wrist, I broke my wrist um, in high school football, sprained uh, a wrist. So I couldn't front rack a barbell for the life of me. Um, I couldn't even kick up into a handstand without my wrist uh, being hurt. Um, I, about two years in the CrossFit got diagnosed with tendinosis in my right shoulder because I basically Olaid passed through a barbell with about two of five. And, um, so I basically did a pass through with that. So that's when I got an MRI and, um, just wasn't a good day and it was stupidity. All, all these things are my own stupidity. It wasn't because, Oh, CrossFit's dangerous. It was just because I was trying to do kipping pulls before I was ready. It was because I was trying to snatch without heavy, without good technique. Um, you know, a lot of just ego um, in the way. So for me, it was learning from a lot of that stuff. When it leads to mobility, it was developing my own warm up, my own personal warm up daily. And morning routine now is what that's evolved into. Uh, bedtime routine. Uh, education for sure. There's tons of uh, stuff out there on YouTube when it comes to specific issues. I'm actually excited. I just ordered this book um, from the guy that runs Squat University. His new book, Rebuilding Mila. Really good. It was supposed to be here this week. Uh, apparently, it's so popular it got pushed back a month <laughs> on Amazon. So um, I'm really excited. Essentially, what the book is going to hopefully. Uh, you know, what, it's, what it says it's going to do is if you have knee pain, if you have elbow pain, it's going to give you some diagnosis of like different movements to try and your body will give you the feedback and then he'll provide um, a next steps kind of process. So the importance is paramount of mobility in your fitness, in your everyday life. So I struggle with poor posture and, you know, my right side's a little jacked up because uh, sometimes when I stand, my hips shift to the right and that locks out my right leg, which, you know, just crushes my right knee, which is dumb. It's just something I do. So I think, again, awareness within your own body, try to figure out what's going on and then developing your own personal um, mobility routine. So what my routine currently looks like, I will do some foam rolling, like typically if I have my kind of perfect morning. I'll do a little foam rolling through my back and my lats because my lats are always really tight, which inhibits my front rack ability. So that really uh, 
like I said, I've been doing a lot of front squats. So sometimes if I need to, I won't even do the front rack. I'll just cross my arms and that's fine too. Looks a little silly, but I don't care. Um, it doesn't hurt my wrist. Yeah. So rolling my lats, rolling out my back, rolling my quads, rolling my hip flexors. Let's just say it's about five to 10 minutes of rolling. All right. So generally, again, there's not a ton of scientific research on what does foam rolling actually do, yeah. but odds are it's, it's pretty good. Odds are it's, it's think of your muscles as dough and the foam roller is a rolling pin and you're essentially trying to smooth it out because your muscles should be sliding surfaces, right? So if you take your hands and you just rub them together, that's kind of how the muscles should interact. Uh, unfortunately, if you put glue on one hand and, and not on the other and you try to smooth your hands together, that's think of the 90 year old that walks hunched over. It's his, his hip flexors are glued down and, and you can't, can't get them to open up. So I personally, I don't know about you. I don't want to end up like that. So I am still really tight. I'm definitely, I mean, I'm still stiff as a board, but I would hate to see what I would actually look like um, if I didn't do any mobility. Cause I've, I've not done it for, you know, periods of time and it's been terrible. So once I get done with the foam rolling, I'll then move to like a pigeon pose, elevated on the corner of my couch, sometimes for up to five minutes per leg. Generally, it'll be at least two minutes. Two minutes is generally the standard, but you want to uphold whenever you're holding like a static pose for any type of, um, you know, movement. Um, it's obviously something that we would love for people to get better at at the gym. Um, I know it's tough once you get done with a crazy workout to just like hold a pose for two minutes because it can be intense. But, um, you know, the better and more evolved our training gets here, we, we would love for all of our clients to be able to do that consistently. So it's simple, guys. I'll do my phone rolling. I'll do that pigeon pose, and then I'll just move to the couch stretch. Um, and generally, all that will take the fast version, 10 to 15 minutes. And I can do a longer version, which is up to 30. And where I'll add in more stuff for the 30 minutes is I'll do upper body shoulders. So I have like a band at my house. Um, where I'll do my pass-throughs, my pull-aparts around the head, stuff that we do in our warm-ups. And then I might do real specific PT work for the shoulder to just work on internal external rotation. This is all super-duper important for me to be able to come into the gym and feel confident and, and not feel like I'm constantly in a state of pain. And, and it helps the body recover. And I know I'm being long-winded, but it's well, super important to incorporate these routines so that's a morning routine and then nighttime routine i might just pop my uh, leg up on the bed and hold the pigeon pose for five minutes on each side and just really let my body just relax and it's really about breathing too so you know imagine trying to hold your breath versus big inhales every time i exhale i'm trying to get deeper into the stretch and just relax so i mean obviously a lot of good stuff there you know, and I'm happy you gave like the time, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately it's less than an hour to do the long version of your stretching in the morning and stretching at night, still less than an hour, Sure. you know, and you have to think you're, you're fixing all the damage you did for the day, uh -huh. you know, oh, yeah. whether it's poor posture or leaning or whatever. That's a great way did. to put it. Um, you know, you look at that and you go, okay. Yeah. So I guess my question for you is, between fitness and life, is there a difference of what, what you're stretching, right? Is there a difference like, oh, well, I need to do different stretches if I'm exercising versus different stretches if I'm just doing my life? Sure, sure. I like that question. It is different. 
Um, you know, I mentioned already um, that I have been switching my training up. So I do bench press generally once a week, which is something that I did a bunch before I found CrossFit, which is partially responsible for why my shoulders are so tight. Because again, once you build up your, your frontal um, kind of chest, you've got to pull those shoulders forward. And um, that's, that's most guys, you know, it's a, the, the big question was always how much you bench, you know, so you're just trying to build that bench up. So what I have to do is counteract that, right, with the upper back, you know, your rhomboids, your lats, um, your scaps, trying to get full um, mobility through those. So banded pull-aparts are a huge one, ring rows are a huge one, pull-ups, you know, different things like that. But when it comes to stretching, um, just really opening up the chest, just taking your arms and spreading them apart as far as wide as they can, like you're trying to give a, a hug to the biggest tree or whatever you want to think yeah. of ever. Um, because the extreme opposite is that locked out bench press position where my chest is fully flexed and my arms are horizontal over top of my body. So you just have to have that awareness. It's like, okay, what did we do? Okay, we did Karen today. I did 150 wall balls. And now I'm going to go sit at a desk for eight hours without standing up. Because, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> but a lot of people do that. So understanding the anatomy of the hip flexor, whenever you're sitting down, how scrunched up it is versus whenever you stand up. Um, your posture, your mid-back, your low back, um, how your glutes are constantly just being smushed down in a chair or whatever. You know, it might just be something as simple as getting a pillow to sit on at work as opposed to, you know, a harder surface. Um, standing up every 20 minutes, just touching your toes, like I said, opening up the chest. Um, you know, there's tons of people that are trying to take advantage of this problem through like the little, it uh, looks like a sports bra thing you put on, it like pulls your shoulders <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. I just bought one of those, it's a, it's an imitation Theragun, but it's a cheaper one, which I was talking to Chris about mm -hmm. before we started. Um, it's not great, but at the same time, for more um, sensitive areas, like your chest, like it hurts to roll out with like a lacrosse ball, you can kind of use it then. For me, just having that on my coffee table in my living room, like if we're popping on a show or something, now all of a sudden I can use this as mobility time and I can turn that gun on. At least it's quiet and I, it'll, you know, obviously massage uh, my quads or my chest or, you know, my calves. Um, just putting a foam roller in your living room, you know, just having this stuff around so you're just aware. And then like a lot of things in life, like one of the best things about 75 hard, it's creating the habits around that. So for me, it's creating that trigger of having the gun now on uh, the coffee table or the foam roller on the floor or whatever it is. So it's easily, easy to access. Yeah, that's, that's what I have. I have my compacts uh, unit with me all the time. Oh, yeah. So if I've got 20, 30 minutes, I sit down, I pop that thing on, you know, and I can, I can still work. I can still get some stuff done, you know, while I'm kind of recovering and sure. working through that blood flow. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think, I think you smashed that one, dude. Yeah, man. I, I Like I said, it's no BS. I've consistently worked at this stuff. And it's funny because people will see me like, wow, you are tight. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> you, you know, because people will see us as trainers and, and you know, they'll, they'll be like, wow, you, know, you can do that thing or that thing. But never used to be able to. Yeah. And, you know, uh, father time's undefeated. So yeah. um, I think the phrase that Chris said was the best out of all that. Um, was undoing the damage because again think of the Karen workout if you're doing 150 squats um, we need to really undo that damage <laughs> to the quads you know bench press is another one if we do a heavy pressing day 
um, trying to open up the shoulders, open up the chest, and it's just being being consistent with it. Uh, and if you haven't done Karen before and you feel like, oh, 150 <laughs> wall balls isn't that bad, stop this right now, go do it, and then come back. <laughs> or you just repeatedly punch yourself in the quads. <laughs> yeah. Um, Same thing. Take, get an MMA fighter near you and just have them kick you. Um, One kick. Uh, so moving on, um, we've got a great question here, kind of a multifaceted one. Um, and we'll try to hit this one efficiently here. Um, so the base question is, what happens to your body when you stop working out and you take time off? Um, what happens to your metabolism, your muscle mass, your flexibility? What deteriorates first, fastest? What kind of comes back? Um, so I think first thing to address is how long are you taking off? You know, um, if you take 10 days off, are you going to lose everything? No, no, you're not. Uh -huh. um, you know, kind of looking at it front end, uh, most studies will show um, about two weeks off, um, you'll see a deterioration in your cardiovascular, mostly your VO2 max, right? Um, and then it takes three to four weeks to get that back. So it would make sense. It's the first to be lost. It's the first to come back. Now, most studies, you know, you, you have to take a, a pretty long time off from strength training to really lose strength. Um, one of the most recent studies shows about a three-month break. Um, it takes, they'll lose up to about 35% strength, which sounds like a lot because it's, it's a nice little chunk, right? It's about, it's a third, right? So that shows eight to 12 weeks to come back. So again, about the same amount of time. Um, most of that is going to be kind of that awareness, that kinesthetic awareness of where the body is in motion and in space. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it is a head game too. It's like, man, this weight didn't used to feel this heavy. Mm -hmm. Well, you just took three months off. Yeah. It's going to, you know, it's going to feel pretty heavy. So I think the big question to your question is how long of a break are you taking? Uh -huh. Um, Mark, what do you think, you know, as far as like, uh, what would you say happens to metabolism, muscle mass, you know, how would that affect flexibility if you're not, if you're not kind of training? Yeah, it affects everything. I mean, even if we're always changing, always and at different rates, you know, and it's, it's weird, right? Cause you, there's different like peak ages and different you know, sports and all this stuff. And, you know, we're sitting here a couple of days before the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, you know, still going. Is he still relevant? Very relevant. Yeah. Playing in all Super Bowl. Um, I think he invests like a million dollars a year in his yeah, body and recovery and stuff like that. But to answer your question, metabolism, metabolism is going to slow down, you know, and that means you eat less calories. So if you're, let's just say that you're completely inactive for, three years. Um, so you've been working out like a crazy person doing CrossFit eight days a week. And all of a sudden you stop for three years. Um, did you adjust your eating patterns? Are you still eating the same? It shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. So your metabolism is going to slow down, which, um, again, if you've got an in-body scan, your basal metabolic rate will lower. Um, so maybe it was 2000 before now it's 1700. Yeah. So you got to adjust your calories, your flexibility, um, let's just say that you're just not doing a thing for it. You're, you're still going to get tight. Um, yeah. 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 Just soon. yeah. Yeah. 
if you're not doing strenuous weightlifting, you might not get as tight, you know, like the kind of the rant I just went on with that. Part of the reason I have to do that so much is, uh, you know, we're lifting weights, we're working out constantly. Um, so you won't have maybe as much damage from working out, but you'll just have day to day life damage. Yeah. I mean, driving a car, you know, sitting at a desk, you know, uh, maybe sleeping in an uncomfortable position. It's just being aware. It's, it's, it's that day that you wake up and you're like, man, my, my one knee kind of like starting to feel a little bit. If you just disregard that and neglect it and you're just like, oh, I'll just keep living my life. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, man, now my hip's hurting. Yeah. And, and, I, and I will chime in here and say, you know, it depends on what you do for a living too. Sure. You know, we've got, we've got a guy downstairs, Jason, who is just a monster. Uh-huh. Um, he, you know, hasn't worked out in probably like consistently uh-huh. in probably a year. Sure. But, you know, we were talking to him this week when he first came back, he's like, oh, I've been, you know, basically lumberjacking it up, splitting uh-huh. wood and uh-huh. moving all that. If you're doing manual labor like that. Uh-huh. You're, you're not necessarily going to have some of these things happen. So it really depends. You know, uh-huh. we're kind of assuming, hey, you got a desk job, a nine to five job where you're sure. inactive. You're going to run into some issues. Your hips are going to be tight. Your probably posture is going to go bad. You know, the metabolism and muscle mass are 100% linked. Yeah. As that muscle mass drops, that metabolism is uh-huh. not going to crash, but it's going to go to a significantly lower rate. Um, so just your eating. Just your yeah. eating, guys. You like, know, so try to get adequate protein, yeah. like we already talked about, and don't overeat. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's one of those things where I feel like it all collapses at the same time for people. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I'm going to stop working out, and you know what? I'm going to start hitting the wine a little bit more, and I'm going to start, you know, going out to eat, and, you know, having that extra dessert, or you know, and it's the thing like. It's such a habitual thing just with making it part of your DNA. Um, You can do 30 burpees for time. I promise you, you got five minutes in your day to just drop and do burpees. Is that fun? Do you want to do that? Well, do you want to have to rebuild everything you work for? Yeah. You know, so it's look at, you know, what's relevant right now. Matt Frazier just announced retirement. Five-time fittest man in the world at the pinnacle of health and fitness. I I don't care. You can debate me, but I'll put him up against anybody. Yeah. There's a guy that could probably just not do a dang on thing for the next couple of years and come back and still be elite in the sport. Yeah. But he's worked relentlessly on being there. For us, just normal people, yeah. <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah. But if you've built up uh, a silo of, of wins with fitness and, and, let's be honest, and mindset, and you can come back and have a killer instinct on, you know what, I'm going to freaking crush this thing for the next three to six months, guess what? You're going to come back faster than someone that comes back and is like, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I can do this again. Well, guess what? You're, you're not. Yeah. And that's there's, unfortunate. Yeah, there's no dip in your toe in the water. Yeah, you just have to commit. You know, And it's, it's tough, though, because you know, a lot of people that come to the gym have families, have jobs that are serious. This is you know, their kind of escape. But if you can't make it to this physical location, especially during these times, we just have to make it still a habit to do something. Yeah. And something can just be five minutes of jumping jacks. It could be, you know, five minutes of burpees, five minutes of just a pigeon pose. You know, it, it's something related to your health, your fitness, your body, right? Because you need some type of release. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite things to do, especially during quarantine, was from the hour I got up, I got up and I did 
you know, whether it was, I, I think originally it was like 10 push-ups, 10 air squats, 10 burpees. And I did that every hour on the hour until I went to bed. Nice. Right. So is that a whole lot of work in an hour? No, it's 30 reps an hour. Right. So you do that, but if you do that for 10 hours, uh-huh. you've had a pretty successful day, uh-huh. you know, um, it's just, I, I think a lot of it is when these breaks happen, there is a loss in motivation. There, there's something that derails you and you just don't get back on the tracks. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, it's finding and maybe being creative in how you keep yourself from com- uh-huh. completely falling off. Yeah, because then it becomes a mental thing. Like, yeah. I'll never get back to where I was. I'll do it or, Monday. You know. I'll do it Monday. Like, look, you know, if you played high school sports, you know, you probably got timed in the 40-yard dash. I will never run what I ran in high school on the 40-yard dash, which wasn't that impressive. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, yeah, never (laughs) lifting a weight that I've already lifted in the gym. It doesn't mean that I'm just going to fold up shop and be like, oh, well, never going to be able to do that again. I want to be a functionally healthy human being, and part of that is grinding through some workouts Part of that is showing up to the gym when something else gets pushed to the side. It's just making it a priority um, and not apologizing for it sometimes. And again, it's 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 just got to be in your DNA. Yeah. Um, from a, I want to. This is the person I want to be, and then sticking to the guns. You know, because a lot of people will push through um, school or a job that they don't necessarily love. Yeah. For you know whatever reason. Um, for those same similar reasons, it's, it's pushing yourself to come to the gym or clear out, you know, a 10 by 10 square space in your basement and yeah. go to town. So I love it, man. I love the questions as well. Yeah. I had this week, guys, awesome questions. Yeah. Um, so where, how are we doing on time with these guys? I, I think be, we're good. Uh, where are we at? Oh, we're a little long. A little, a little long. long. So we'll Let's, wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap this up this week, guys. Killer questions. This is this is awesome. Anytime we get so many questions, it's the entire episode. We're really motivated because that tells yeah. us that we're kind of hitting a nerve somewhere. Um, so thank you for that. You know, I, I personally love the questions because it keeps us from, you know, maybe repeating things we've already mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. Um, so keep them coming. Um, Mark, where can they find us? Oh, they can find us. Radio silence. That's a pause. They know where to find us. Triumphshape.net. Today we were anticipating doing a short episode about the open, just how to prepare for that, how to mentally, physically, nutritionally kind of come into the gym and uh, just work out. It's just an old workout, guys. It's a big kind of spoiler alert there. You're just doing a workout. It's just fitness. It's all good. And um, just, just try hard. But um, maybe we'll try to slip one in um, between our next kind of scheduled episode on that. We'll, we'll see what, what, what we got time-wise. But um, hopefully um, everyone is doing well. Yes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys back here very soon on the Triumph Nutrition Podcast. Again, for more information, you can find us at triumphstrength.net and all the socials at Triumph Strength. Thanks. Thanks.